again bringing you some of that weekly sports chat baby we've missed the past two weeks but we can't dwell on the past the mic is live and there's a lot of sports to talk about so let's go ahead and just shut up and jump right into the action baby Woo-hoo! let's roll gotta say making a script for this week's episode is insanely tough because i've missed two weeks of doing the show so it's like oh god i want to do everything that's happened but <laughs> at the same time it's just like there i don't have enough time in the day to get literally everything that's happened the past two weeks into one episode because man it's been crazy so as you know two weeks ago i um i'll give you a full report on that i ended up breaking my finger i'm not going to express how i did that because it was work related and Per policy at my job, I can't actually talk about it. Um, but yeah, I broke my finger. I dropped something on it. Not fun. Just a, it was the most crazy thing ever. I b- dropped the very like broke the very edge of my finger. Like it was just the very tip of it. It was like, come on, gives a whole new meaning to that term. <laughs> but it's just like good grief. Like come on. And then last week, all of a sudden anchor decided to just stop working at some point. Like apparently the servers were down or something. And I just completely forgot to go back and check to see if they were up, which they work as some of my friends are uploading episodes and I just didn't think about it. So been a little crazy, but we're back no matter how it's gone. The show is back and we're just going to start it off with a rant. Classic, classic Alex Robson. He's going to rant. So in case you missed it, in the NFL, the league where everybody says, oh, we don't want a preseason, and then the one year we don't have a preseason, everybody gets hurt, all the stars get hurt. Joe Burrow, quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, first overall pick, former Heisman Trophy winner at LSU, national champion. In a game against the Washington football team, took a really ugly sack, ended up tearing his ACL, I believe it's MCL as well and has partial damage to his knee. Structural damage, not partial damage. What? I'm a little rusty. I'm a little rusty. (laughs) But anyway. Everybody knows that listens to the show, that has listened to a lot of my episodes, knows my opinion on Joe Burrow has changed a lot from where it began. When Joe Burrow was drafted, I thought it was a a meh pick. I thought Joe Burrow, it was more of the situation he was gifted at LSU rather than him being amazing. Because think about it, he had two years at LSU, his junior year and his senior year after transferring from Ohio State. Joe Burrow was mediocre at best his junior year. And all of a sudden, his senior year, he explodes when he gets Joe Brady. 
and all these weapons around him just start blossoming. I just didn't see it. I thought the situation was less Joe Burrow and more the perfect storm. But he proved me wrong, and he proved me wrong quick. He comes into Cincinnati, and although Cincinnati was struggling in terms of their record, Joe Burrow was looking good. At points, great. He got uh, he got bigger, especially in his shoulders area. He got, got buffer. He was calm and cool in the pocket, even though that offensive line is atrocious, but I'll talk about that in a second. His arm is better than I thought it was. And overall, he was looking really good. And then the injury. And it sucks that something like that has happened to a really promising guy. My best wishes for Joe Burrow and his recovery. And I really hope to see him on the NFL, back at the NFL. But I'll be honest, with how severe that injury is, I don't think it's happening. And if it does happen, he's not going to be the same. There is one thing to blame for this situation, and that is the Bengals organization being what it always has been. That's a joke. I'm going to start from the top. Are you really that cheap? That offensive line was atrocious. The only other team any of those offensive linemen could start for is the Jets. Even that's a stretch, because the Jets have a couple good offensive linemen. Makai Becton is really good. And George Fant has been solid at points. You don't address that at all in the free agency period and in the draft until the sixth round? Are you kidding me? Look, as much as I like T. Higgins, you didn't need that pick. There were still good offensive linemen on the board when you had the first pick of the second round. Hell, even the third round, there were still good guys on there. Guys that have potential. And you don't address that at all until the sixth round? You don't address it at all in free agency? It's like you're setting the kid up to fail. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not elusive in the pocket, although he's had his moments. I will say that. He has shown he showed quite impressive mobility at points and times. But he's not Russell Wilson. He's not Kyler Murray. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not known for his mobility. Guys like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson can survive some bad O-line play. Joe Burrow's a rookie. You can't throw him to the wolves like that. And then I want to talk about coaching. Zach Taylor, primarily. That coach. Joe Burrow, rookie quarterback. 
considered the future of the franchise, has shown promise, threw the ball more than any quarterback in the NFL. He had more pass attempts per game than any quarterback in the NFL. A rookie with a bad offensive line and no running game. Really? When I say no running game, I mean no attempt at it. I understand Joe Mixon is hurt. Giannari Bernard's a, a decent running back. He can get things done. He's a veteran. He knows how to get it done. Hell, he suffered through that franchise longer than anybody I think ever should. You don't do that. I got a feeling something bad was going to happen week three. Or week two, I think. When the Bengals played the Browns and Joe Burrow threw it 50 times. I was like, what? I was like, you don't do that. I don't care how bad your running game is. You find a way to make it work. Whether it's trick plays, whether it's a jet sweep to your wide receiver, like guy like John Ross, who's a speed demon. Get it out to him in space in the running game. I don't care what you have to do. Put three tight ends on the field. I had extra blocking. I don't care. You can't have your rookie throwing it 50 times at any point. Hell, I don't like a guy like Patrick Mahomes doing that. Because that puts Patrick Mahomes at more risk of taking hits. I don't want my franchise quarterback taking big hits. But the difference between Mahomes and Burrow, aside from talent, of course, because Patrick Mahomes is just on another level. That's not a knock against Joe Burrow. Is Patrick Mahomes has a good offensive line. And good weapons at the receiving end of things. The fastest receiver in the NFL. The best receiving tight end in the NFL. What does Joe Burrow have? A washed A.J. Green? A sporadic Tyler Boyd? A rookie T. Higgins? A speedster in John Ross, but that's it? John Ross has no route running ability whatsoever. Not to mention a bottom three offensive line. When Patrick Mahomes throws it 40 times, I don't like it. Even though that's kind of the Chiefs offense. Joe Burrow, a rookie with shambles of an off of an offense around him throwing it 50 times? Oh hell no. As much as I don't like the guy, I don't want Sam Darnold doing that as a Jets fan. Even though Sam Darnold's not even going to be my quarterback next year for the New York Jets, I still don't want him taking those hits. Because it runs more risk of him getting hurt. Which is all Sam Darnold does anymore, but topic for a different time. 
Hopefully for when the Jets draft Trevor Lawrence. Please, God Almighty, let that happen. Cincinnati Bengal fans, if there are any out there anymore, because I would not be shocked if they have abandoned this joke of a franchise. People want to talk about the New York Jets being a joke of a franchise. Go ahead. Because the New York Jets, at least now, have a competent GM. They'll be getting rid of their cancerous head coach and their cancerous quarterback and rebuilding. They'll get Trevor Lawrence, hopefully, with the first pick. And they got a ton more picks after that. This roster is going to look completely different for the New York Jets, and there may just be hope with a new head coach. There may just be hope for the New York Jets. What the hell's Cincinnati got going good for them? They don't have a quarterback. You know what the Bengals are going to do? They're going to go into the draft, and with their draft choice, is probably going to be a top five pick, they're going to pick a quarterback. They're already going to give up on Joe Burrow. Now that again, like I believe they probably will have to, because I don't think Joe Burrow is going to play football again with that injury. That's a nasty injury. Sorry, that's just how I feel. And I don't want that to happen. Don't mistake that for me wanting that to happen. I don't. Joe Burrow was screwed from the start. And I think all of us saw it coming. Because Cincinnati Bengals played it cheap and didn't work to protect their quarterback. And people will say, oh, that was before they drafted Joe Burrow. You mean to tell me you didn't know Joe Burrow was going number one overall? Everyone and their mama who doesn't know anything about sports knew Joe Burrow was going one. Hell, I'm sure my mom knew Joe Burrow was going to go number one, and she hates football. She only watches it because I am consumed by sports. She only tolerates it because of that. Football primarily. She likes basketball. Everybody knew Joe Burrow was going number one. Cincinnati knew Joe Burrow was going number one. They knew they were going to pick him. Prepare ahead of time. Even if some of your free agency signings for the offensive line don't exactly work out like you wanted them to, it was going to be miles better than what they got now. Because anything is. Cincinnati once again screws themselves. And this is a hole so far dug by themselves that I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to pull themselves out of it. At least for a while. You ask me who's in the worst position right now in the NFL? Most would say the 0-11 Jets. I say the Cincinnati Bengals that are now without a franchise quarterback and more than like and more than likely in a continuous downward spiral 
of mediocrity at best. Because not only that, they're in one of the toughest divisions in football. With an undefeated Super Bowl contender leading it. And two other Super Bowl hopefuls in second and third. The Bengals are screwed. And there's two guys you can blame. The guys cutting checks. And the guy making play calls. Let's move on. To our next topic. Alright, so either an episode or two episodes ago, I did the panic meter for the NFL. Keeping with the NFL theme, if you can't tell, after my rant. Um... <clears throat> But I did the panic meeting. I took some of the teams that are really struggling right now. Well, we're back then struggling. Some of them are still struggling right now. And on a scale of one to five, I said, are they at a one where they don't really need to panic? There's a lot of things going on to the point where they can't really be blamed for the struggles. Or a five where they just need to tear it all down. Maybe even relocate the franchise and start over. This one's going to be the opposite of that. So we're going to throw away the meter and we're just going to keep it in two separate categories. I'm going to go through the NFL, some of the best teams in the business, and we're going to put them in one of two tables. Contender or pretender. Here we go. Let's just start it off. We got the chill music playing in the background. Let's just get it started. Let's just get it started. Number one, let's start off with the first team. We're starting with the AFC. The Buffalo Bills. Eight and three. I think they are pretenders. Here's why. The Bills do have the 11th ranked offense in the NFL in terms of total yardage. Seventh best in the past, too. About 268 yards per game. Convert third down about 49, 50% of the time. And scored the 10th most points in the NFL. But they're tied for the 21st run game in the NFL. And their defense is ranked 21st in total yards allowed. 25th against the run. It's not good. I say pretenders because they are solely driven by one guy. And that is Josh Allen. Which is crazy to say. Because I did not think Josh Allen was going to be that type of quarterback for another couple of years. Maybe even ever. But Josh Allen has impressed me with how quick he has grown. And I'm thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with him. And I think Josh Allen, as good as he is, he's just not ready to carry a team. He's done a decent job with it now. But there's some big dogs in this conference. In the AFC. And I just don't see it happening for him. The Miami Dolphins are in second place in their division, 7-4. and four. They're pretenders, but they got potential to be contenders. Everybody chill out about Tua. Come on now. Just calm down. Tua is going to be fine. 
I think we all kind of had this feeling about Tua that it was going to take him a, a little longer out of the three first-round quarterbacks talking about Joe Burrow, Tua, and Justin Herbert. Joe Burrow, of course, first overall pick is going to get shots right off the bat. And Justin Herbert, his competition was Tyrod Taylor. And he has a lot of the physical tools. Tua was coming off a hip injury. He, We didn't know what to really expect. I still think it was way too early for Brian Flores to be putting Tua out there. I thought he should have sat him for the whole season just to let him get to 100% and get to work the offseason and really, really become the guy. Played him way too early. This is what you get. You get a guy that's not 100% ready. So everybody calm down about Tua. He'll be fine. And the Dolphins are going to be really fine when Tua has reached his full potential and is lighting it up. In Miami. Pittsburgh Steelers contenders. There's nothing I need to say here. They're 10-0. Chase Claypool is amazing. Ben Roethlisberger has looked so much better than I thought he would. The Pittsburgh Steelers are my, currently my favorite to win the Super Bowl. Cleveland Browns pretenders. Stop it. I know they're 8-3, but stop it. Here are their eight wins. You ready for this? This is going to be hilarious. There are eight wins on the year. The Bengals, the football team, the Cowboys, the Colts. That's a decent one. I'm not going to knock that. The Bengals again. The Texans, the Eagles, and the Jaguars. Oh, and by the way, that win against the Texans, they scored seven points. Against the second worst defense in the NFL. (laughs) I mean, come on now. I've tried my best to defend Baker Mayfield, but I'm starting to lose hope in him. He's not that good. And their losses are to the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Raiders. Were they have scored. <laughs> A total of 20 points in those three games. They've scored 20 points. Two of those teams are contenders for Super Bowls. Like, got teams that were supposed to be really, really good. Teams that if the Browns were contenders, they would compete against, but they got their ass handed to them. Cleveland is not as good as we all as anyone thinks they are. They're meh at best. When they get to the playoffs, they're gonna get exposed. It's gonna be hilarious. The Baltimore Ravens. Yes, the team I predicted to go 16-0, and I think they're pretenders. I'm gonna get real here. And some people aren't going to like this. Some people are going to agree with it. Some people aren't. Lamar Jackson's been figured out. Make him pass the ball. And you'll be at it. His mobility's great, but he can't throw the ball. He's not good at it. That's just how it goes. Simple as that. He's not good at passing the football. And he's supposed to be a quarterback. Now, I believe Lamar Jackson is going to improve, but this year, as they sit, I don't think the Baltimore Ravens are going to win a Super Bowl this year. 
Tennessee Titans. I'm a question mark about. I don't know. They are so... It's just spotty with them. One day, they are blowing out the Indianapolis Colts. The other, they're losing to the Bengals. I just don't know. I know they're 8-3 and and winning their division right now. I just don't know. Indianapolis Colts, I think, are contenders. I know that Tennessee Titans loss looks bad. But this team's biggest issue last year was the quarterback, and Phillip Rivers has filled that, and he's done decent with it. That's all the Colts needed. They have a good team, a great defense. So I think the Colts, they have a chance to win this thing. Kansas City, come on now. Yeah, contenders. There's nothing I need to say about Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is amazing. Tyreek Hill is amazing. This football team's amazing. The Vegas Raiders. Yes, I'm going to talk about the Raiders because when I was recording this episode the first time before Anchor went to hell and decided to not work for me, I thought the Raiders were sneaky contenders. Then they got the ass handed to them by the Falcons. (laughs) The Falcons. Are you kidding me? I'm ashamed I even have to admit that I thought you were sneaky contenders. You're gonna get your ass handed to you by the Falcons? Oh my god. That's a disgrace. Vegas are pretenders. I don't know what the hell happened that game. But that's going to become a regular thing. Get Derek Carr out of Las Vegas. Just saying. NFC, the entire NFC East, because they're all in contention for first place, are a bunch of jokes. It's a damn shame one of these teams is going to get a home playoff game. Which is a rule I think they should change. If you win your division, you should get a playoff game, but they should seed it based off a record. Whether it's overall record, record in the conference... Don't care. Find a way to do that because none of these teams deserve a home playoff game. The Green Bay Packers, they're contenders. What did I say? I said it so many times. Y'all, everybody overreacted to the Jordan Love pick because Aaron Rodgers still got Devontae Adams. Adam Lazard is good. Valdez Scaling is solid. This team's good and they're Super Bowl contenders. The New Orleans Saints, I want to say contenders, but I know one thing is certain with New Orleans. When they get into the playoffs, they're going to find a way to get in their own damn way, or somebody's going to do it for them, whether it be the other team or the refs. New Orleans has the components, but they just... There's a voodoo curse in New Orleans, in Nolens. There's a curse going around. I don't know what the hell it is. But New Orleans has the tools, but they keep finding a way to choke in the playoffs. So, they're contenders, but I don't see how that's going to change anything when they get to the playoffs since another miracle is going to happen against them. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are pretenders. 
and it's not because of Tom Brady, people. Stop that blasphemy. Is Tom Brady not allowed to have a bad football game? Now, I understand all of them have been primetime games against good football teams. But it's funny seeing so many people hate on Tom Brady. I can act, and also, I can't believe I'm defending Tom Brady right now as a Jets fan. But has the bar been set so high to the point where if Tom Brady has one or two or three bad games in one year that people are saying he's washed? I understand he's old. But this dude's probably still the most accurate throw in football. I think a lot of fingers being pointed at Tom Brady and not enough at Bruce Arians. That's just me, though, I think. I don't think a lot of people are doing that. I think the verdict has been set that Tom Brady is the problem in Tampa Bay, and that's going to cause a lot of issues. I'm just saying that. That's why I think Tampa Bay are pretenders right now. NFC West is going to be fun. The Seattle Seahawks, I think they're pretenders, but it's close. That defense is getting better. Even though Jamal Adams is hilarious to watch him just get toasted in coverage, miss tackles. It's just, oh, I'm so glad we got a first round pick out of him. I have no more respect for that guy. Saying that he battled depression with the Jets. Like, bulk, like, how can you do that? You're out of our head. We're moving on from you. Get us out of yours because we don't care about you no more, Jamal. I hope you're happy. Because you sure looked it when you were with the Jets. You only got unhappy when we wouldn't pay you money two years before you wanted it. Two years before you needed it. Yeah, and we're the issue. Just shut your mouth for once, Jamal. But Seattle, a good football team. But I just don't think the defense is 100% there. I don't think the defense is good enough to win a Super Bowl. The LA Rams, I am so iffy about, but I'm going to say pretenders. They're just too inconsistent. That's not something I like in a Super Bowl contender. You have to be consistent. Again, one week, they're beating the Seahawks. The other, they're losing to the wounded-to-hell 49ers. I just don't know about them. Arizona, pretenders. Um, again, inconsistent. One week, they're playing amazing football, and Kyler Murray's looking like an MVP. The next day, go out there and only put 10 points on the Patriots, who have a good defense, but come on now. They're not that good, the Patriots. 49ers, because they're still kind of in the conversation are pretenders. They're just too hurt. They don't have the tools to win a Super Bowl with all those injuries. And that's it. Contenders and pretenders in the NFL. I can't wait for the playoffs to start. I can go through the playoff bracket and make my predictions on who's winning what. And I'm really, really thinking, though, I don't see anybody stopping the Steelers right now. 
Let's move on to our next topic. All right. So, as you are listening to this on this fine Wednesday, we officially have our second edition of the college football playoff rankings. If the season were to end today, which with COVID going around, you never know. It very well could. The playoff would include Alabama taking on Ohio State and Notre Dame taking on Clemson. Now, I think it's pretty obvious that could easily change because Clemson and Notre Dame will play each other in the ACC championship game. And depending on how competitive Notre Dame is in that game, if Clemson wins, which I think they will, they're back at full strength. They have Trevor Lawrence. I think that could very well be our playoff, depending on Notre Dame, how well they compete against Clemson. Because if they get absolutely manhandled by Clemson, that's going to make that win against Clemson where they didn't have Trevor Lawrence kind of look useless. But you also got to factor in Ohio State into all this because they have two games left on their schedule and they have to play both of them to be eligible to compete in the Big Ten championship game. If they have one of those games against Michigan State or Michigan canceled, then they are not making the conference championship, which I personally think should eliminate them completely. It is not fair to have a team that has played four or five games, one of them being against a ranked team, make the playoffs. That's just not fair. I understand it's Ohio State, but that's just not fair. You can't just have that narrative to the point where it's Ohio State. I don't care if they made the, didn't make the Big Ten Championship. We're just going to put them in anyway. That's not fair to the other teams that are competing for a spot in the playoff. So, the three teams on the outside looking in right now are, are Texas A&M, Florida, and Cincinnati. I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. Cincinnati, no matter what they do, is not making the playoff. That's just not happening. They play in a weak conference. That has nobody aside from them. I would much rather have a one-loss Texas A&M team or a one-loss Florida team in the playoff over Cincinnati because that sounds more appealing. I understand Cincinnati's undefeated, and I'm not taking anything away from that. But come on now. I would much rather have an SEC school that has one loss. One loss for A&M is Alabama. And the one loss for Florida is Texas A&M. That's just how it goes. Now people are going to say that's the SEC bias and... It's the SEC, yeah. If you mean to tell me Cincinnati would go in there, because they're undefeated right now. They're right now. Same record as Alabama. You think that would be a football game right now? No, it wouldn't be. Come on now. Cincinnati would get embarrassed by Alabama. Hell, Cincinnati were to play Clemson, who was a one-loss team, and their one loss is to Notre Dame. And that loss primarily is because I think they weren't healthy, but Notre Dame still won. Doesn't matter what the health was at that point. 
Cincinnati doesn't compete. Notre Dame, they maybe compete with because Notre Dame, that's the type of game Notre Dame would lose. And Ohio State, I think they could beat because the one team that was half decent that Ohio State's played, which was Indiana, they should have lost to. That's how bad Ohio State played that game. They got lucky. So Texas A&M and Florida. Those are the two teams I could see sneaking into the playoffs. Texas A&M has to have a lot of the dominoes fall, though. So they need Notre Dame to shock the world again. They need to beat Clemson again. Because that eliminates Clemson from the playoffs. They'll be a two-loss team. That's not getting in. They also need Alabama to beat Florida in the SEC championship game, which I think will happen. So that pushes Clemson out. Alabama stays in. Notre Dame stays in. And I'm going to just assume the best for the situation. Ohio State goes in. They won the Big Ten. There's no question about that. Ain't in with sneaking. But that's a couple extra dominoes that need to fall there. Some luck needs to go that way for AM to make it. Florida, on the other hand, just needs to do one thing, and that's win out. If Florida wins out, they're in. I don't give, give a damn about what happened week, what, two, week three of the season when they played AM. The team that I feel like if they played again right now, Florida would stomp. That loss is so over-exaggerated, it's insane. Yes, I am a Florida fan saying this, and I was hot after that a and game. But Florida controls their own destiny. Because the difference between the loss for a and and the loss for Florida, who was Texas A&M, is A&M got destroyed by Alabama. Florida lost because of a fumble and a field goal. Because let's be real here, that game was kind of trading blow for blow that whole game. Florida was driving. Florida had the ball with like a, under a minute left. Maybe a little over a minute left. If they don't fumble the football, Florida wins the football game. You can make the argument if Florida's undefeated right now, they're in the playoff over Ohio State. Some people are arguing that now. I'm not because Florida has one loss. Ohio State doesn't have one. Florida is a great football team that is a defense away from being a national championship team, in my opinion. And that's not the Florida fan talking. That's just facts. Look at what they're doing. Kyle Trask is the frontrunner for Heisman right now, as he should be. Back to the whole Cincinnati argument for them getting in. Which sounds more appealing? A one-loss Florida team that won the SEC championship game beat Alabama, the juggernaut of college football, and has the Heisman winning quarterback. Which one sounds better? 
or does the 8-0 Conference USA Cincinnati Bearcats sound better? I'll take the SEC champions any day of the week. I don't give a damn about that one loss. Rounding out the top 10 is Georgia, Iowa State, and Miami. Iowa State, I got no issue with. They're a good football team. And Miami, I got no issue with. Their one loss this year is to Clemson. Even though they could easily have a couple other losses on that list too. But what the hell is Georgia doing there? Again, people are going to be like, oh, this is the Florida fan talking. They're 8-2. and two. People will be like, oh, well, Iowa State is right behind them. They're 7-2. and two. Their two losses are to Louisiana Lafayette and Oklahoma State. Louisiana Lafayette is ranked right now. They're a good football team. They have one loss on the record. And Oklahoma State's a good football team. And also, Iowa State's in the Big Ten. They get a little bit of a pass because that conference is just kind of loaded right now. There's a couple good teams in that conference. Oklahoma. Oklahoma State. Iowa State's one of those good teams. Georgia has two losses on the year. To the teams that are going to be playing for the SEC championship game. Their offense has struggled at points and times. And all of a sudden, this JT Daniels comes in and they get ranked number eight. I don't think I deserve that. Georgia got smacked by Alabama and smacked by Florida. And they barely beat Mississippi State. be honest, their only real impressive win is when they beat an overrated Auburn team. I'm not impressed with what I'm seeing from Georgia. Again, people will say, oh, that's the Florida fan in you. Part of it is, I will admit, there's a sliver of that. But the two really good teams Georgia's faced this year, they've got stomped by. It's not a coincidence. This is not a great football team like everybody's making it out to be. And JT Daniels has quickly become the most overrated quarterback I've seen in a while. But don't worry, keep hyping them up. They're just bound to lose a bowl game again. Hopefully not to Texas this time in the Sugar Bowl, which was hilarious. 
the game and what happened after when Sam Ellinger said Texas football was back and has proceeded to suck since Texas football. Sounds about like them. <laughs> they haven't been anything for a while. But that's how it goes. Georgia doesn't deserve to be a top 10 team right now. Because since that loss to Florida, they've played Mississippi State and South Carolina. They won both games. But one of them was way too close, and the other was against a team that has fired their head coach. I'm not impressed. None of their wins are impressive. Auburn's not even ranked anymore in terms of the playoff rankings. That's how it goes. Sorry, Georgia. If I was a pollster, I wouldn't even have you in the top 10. I'd give you maybe top 15. But you'd be closer to 15 than you are 10. Hate all you want. You got two losses, and those are the only really two good teams that were on your schedule this year. In the end, the playoffs, I believe, will be Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State. If all goes well. Now, if Ohio State doesn't play their championship game in the conference, I don't think they should get in. So that would mean probably a Texas A&M would sneak in. Because I'm going because I believe Florida will lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game. So Florida would be a two loss team that pushes them out. They'd probably be the first team out. One of the first two teams out, probably be around five or six. That's just how it goes. That early loss to AM, even though I think it was kind of a fluke when a lot of people think that now. That was a football game they had to win, and they didn't. It's ironic that it was Jimbo Fisher's head coach that once again is Florida's demise. Can't escape that guy. Swear to Lord. <laughs> Let's go ahead and wrap this episode up. Say, man, feels good to be back. Two weeks of craziness. But the Robson Sportscast is back, baby. And I know this was kind of a football-heavy episode. But don't worry. There's other sports around the corner. College basketball is playing again. I'll definitely be talking some of that when it gets closer to March Madness when college basketball actually kind of matters. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of college basketball until March Madness, so I don't really know what's going on. Um, I'll talk about big games, though, I guess. Um, football. College football getting closer to playoff time, conference championship time, bowl game time, NFL getting closer to the playoffs. So I felt like I was just kind of like, eh, football's football. But anyway, that's all the time I got for this episode. This is my man RC Productions with the dope beat. And this is your host, Alex Robson, signing off. <laughs>